What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of? With your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm in the house today with a friend of mine. I met on Clubhouse, which we've had a lot of guests from Clubhouse because it's been such an awesome connection tool. But Jalissa Lee hosts a lot of rooms on Clubhouse. She hangs out in a lot of rooms that I uh, visit. And we've had some great times and great conversations with you know tons of our friends in there. So I wanted to bring her on the show to share the ingredients that have gone into making her. I am intrigued about what she does and the style that she carries. It's pretty impressive. And I'll, I'll allow you guys to check her out on Instagram when we're finished and you can see her, her expertise because it shines through. And uh, also the type of person she is. And we're going to find out what has gone into making her who she is today. So Jaylissa Lee is the founder and CEO of Modern Luxury Lounge, a full branding and PR agency for entrepreneurs and business owners. Her goal and vision with this agency is to spotlight business owners with an impactful story and high value offerings so that we will fill the online space and actual substance rather than surface level glitz and glam from influencers and celebrities. I'm going to stop right there because I want to hear more about you from your own mouth, Jaylissa. But we always start the show. First of all, thanks for being here. But we always start the show with the question, what are you made of? So what are you made of, Jaylissa? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me and thanks for always supporting my room. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, what am I made of? That question is very interesting. I think I'm made of persistent perseverance and gratitude. That would be one of my biggest things. Love it. So when we ask this question, it's like the first thing that pops your head. And then there's things that cause you to say what you say. So let's dig a little deeper. Take us back to growing up, where you grew up, you know, the family or Tell us some stories, man. Like what ingredients have gone into making you? Yeah. So I grew up in a really wealthy family. They have a lot of assets in China and they just have a lot of say. So when I grew uh, when I was born into this family, I had literally everything you could possibly think of. I was very envied. I was that kid that everyone looked up to. And overnight, that completely changed when my dad passed away when I was about five years old. And everything was taken away from me. And my grandparents kind of abandoned my mom and I. And so we had to relocate to United States and completely restart our whole life. And so I think that's why I said persistence and perseverance, because for me, it's always about not giving up. And gratitude is because through everything that I've gone through, I've always found the positive in every single situation. And just be grateful for even being alive or the smallest things, because I feel like being at the very high end and then at the very bottom, bottom, and still being able to survive everything, I just find it to be very grateful, especially because my dad's passing. I feel like even being alive and having the opportunity to breathe in itself, it's already a happiness within itself. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love that, man. And uh, so how many children were in the family? So like my father's side of the family, my grandparents had four uh, kids. For me, I'm an only child. 
Okay. And so you were five when your father passed away. And then how soon after that did you have to move to the United States? It was like immediate because of how well known we were in um, in that city. And it was very also looked down upon because Asian culture is completely different when you don't have a full family, especially when you are, you know, someone that is of a status and then you lost everything. It was just a lot of bullying was happening with my mom and I, and it was just very uncomfortable. So we had to relocate right away. Yeah. And so even the, like, despite the fact that it was because of a death and not because of a divorce, you mm-hmm. still looked down upon in that culture. Is that how it works? Not only that, but it was my dad took his life uh, due to like depression. There was uh, a deal that he lost. So at the time, I don't know if it's any different because I haven't gone back in a really, really long time, about say almost like 20 years. But at the time it was, you know, psychology isn't a thing. Mental health is not a thing in Asian culture. So when he passed away, it was like a huge thing of like, oh, you know, he's, he's weak and he just didn't know how to deal with his own problem. So it was like very looked down upon. Gotcha. And so at a five year, at like age five, like I think back when I was five and I guess I kind of knew where, we, where our status was at five, but like, did you really understand your status? Was that like really ingrained upon you, your status as far as a wealthy family and, and prestige and what have you? Yeah. And then, and like you realized when that was gone, like at, at that, I'm just guessing, like trying to figure out that age, or was it also as you got older, like with your mom and everything, she was filling in on some stories as well that helped shape your viewpoint from the past? No, we never really talked about it, but I just remembered, I mean, they've gone out of their way. My family, that side of the family really goes out of their way to make sure people know that their ex- existence matter. And so when I was born, I was the firstborn. And I was literally covered in gold and had like the huge, like the biggest party ever. Just a lot of things were very granular, like everything that every time we go out, it was like we shut down the restaurant or we only had managers serve us. So I remember just, you know, when I go out with my family, that side of family versus when I go out alone or, you know, with friends, it's like a whole complete different um, level. So for me, it was and they always reminded me like, you're so, you know, you're so lucky. We're very privileged. We can only have these things because these are the things that we have. So they made sure that I knew we're not just like anybody else. Right. Gotcha. And so now what is your view now, like of wealth or prestige, or, I mean, I know you talk about luxury all the time too, so that matters to you, but like, what is your view? Are you trying to get back to a certain point? What's your target? Like what, how's that all working itself out? Yes, a super different dynamic because a lot of people always ask me, you know, do you regret making certain decisions? And I don't because I feel like everything that I've gone through really set me up to having the business that I have today and doing what I'm doing, helping other people find their inner fulfillment. Because when I, there's a point in my life where I just wanted to go back to that point of having the wealth, having the status, having people envy me again. Because it was a good feeling, right? Knowing like you're at the top of the world. Mm-hmm. And then I went to New York. I, you know, I was in the beauty and fashion industry working for a luxury brand. And I had everything that I ever wanted. I was 19 at the time. And I had, you know, the cars, the homes, the bags, the Gucci, all the things that people say you should have if you want a luxury life or success. And it's not until I had everything did I realize I was more miserable than I started before. And I started having anxiety, panic attack, depression, because you know you have those feelings when your reality is so far from your expectation that there's a huge gap and the huge void. 
And so I just noticed when that happened to me, I noticed this theme between my grandparents, that side of the family, and then also my clients at the time who were multimillionaires and billionaires. Um, and then the feeling of myself of knowing, you know, why are these people all so successful on the outside? And they're the most miserable people I've ever met in my life. And that's when I realized success without inner fulfillment is just failure because you're that it's like a hungry ghost. You're chasing after these KPIs that is, you know, once you hit that mark, it's like what's after. There's no inner fulfillment. There's no impact that you're making. It doesn't make you feel happy on the long term. It's just instant gratification. So now that's why modern luxury exists because I realized, you know, luxury is a feeling. It's not a thing. And it's whatever that makes you feel good, even if the world was blind, if the world was not looking at you, you know, because a lot of times we do things due to validation or other people's approval, not because we really truly love it. Yeah. Everything changed for me when I didn't give a shit about what people think anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. I really don't care. Like, I just went through this thing I'll share with you because I'm transparent with everybody. My audience and community knows that I'm sharing the journey that I'm on because mm-hmm. I want them to see everything it takes to get to where, because I already know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I'm so certain of it. And, um, but I wanted to share this. So just recently, I have a coach. His name's Richie. And we're talking, and I usually wear a hat. I don't know if you know that or not, but like yeah. I have hats here and I wear them backwards or whatever. Yeah. For, and just recently, he said we did a brand audit and he, he works with some big names and uh, companies as well. He's like, dude, for where you want to go and your targets, like the backwards hat just doesn't, and the hat doesn't, it just doesn't, it's, I'm, I'm feeling like you need to go and you got a nice round head anyway. <laughs> but he said, you, he said, he said, you just need to kind of, uh, you know, you got to kind of, like remove the obstacles that possibly mm. companies or people could have to explain to their surroundings or people. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. So I started, I'd already started taking pictures subconsciously without the hat. Mm-hmm. And so I just started using that just as soon as he said that it was two days ago, I think, or yesterday, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I just started like my content's all shifting now. I still have some hat pictures or what have you, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to roll with it. And he also said like, I'm not sure if you are doing that because you're going to accomplish things anyway. And you're like, fuck you. I don't care what you think. I can do it with the hat on. I'll show you. Yeah. But he's like, that's great. And if you can achieve it, but you're just causing yourself a more difficult road. So mm-hmm. I love that. And so I don't even remember why I started telling you that. Um, oh, because <laughs> we don't care what people think. Like, right. you know, and I think, I think this is a comfort thing. You know, when I started thinning out up here, I just shaved my head in 2011. And maybe it's a comfort. I don't know. But yeah. um, no, I love that. And things change when you don't really give a shit what people think. So that's what I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah, no, it's so true because now you know that because a lot of times you think about it, you, th- you, you care so much about what other people say and those people don't even pay your bills. Right? Because like when I was going through my PhD program, it was like the next thing to do and everyone was expecting it. And it was almost like me doing it for the expectation and two, to prove something and then three, to make other people happy. But these people that I'm trying to make happy aren't even going to pay my student loan. You know, so it's like, what's the point? If they're not even paying your bills, why are you trying so hard to make these people happy? Where it's like, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday in an interview and like people post things on LinkedIn because there's always, you know, accomplishment. They'll never post just like, how am I doing? Or why am I happy? It's always an accomplishment. And then people like it. And within that, after that second, people don't even remember it anymore. After all those hard work that you worked so hard for just for that post, people don't even remember after. So like, why are we always chasing for other people ha- people's happiness but not our own? Yeah. I mean, how many times have you achieved something and told somebody in person, like even somebody closest to you, and yeah. the reaction is not what you think it would be? 
and not yeah, what you're expecting. It's not yeah. It's not, it's, <laughs> it's like, Oh, well that was it. Like I worked my 12 years for this moment and I was yeah. thinking, Someone, you know, like like things are gonna fall into the sky, and it, like this whole dramatic thing, theme that you have in your head, but it's not because people have their issues, they have their lives to deal with. Yeah, it's even some of the people that's closest to you, like mm-hmm. even my mom, for example. Like I don't, I, I she says she's proud this and that, but like it's not like what I would think for some reason. So then I stop. You know what? I'm just gonna not. I don't need to tell anybody anything. I'm just gonna do it, and then they can see it when they want to and whatever. Yeah. And also the people that are cheering you on and reacting the way you want to, that's who you surround yourself with. You keep surrounding yourself with those people, build a community up of people that are pushing you. And then they'll say, yeah, that's great. But then what? What's next? Yeah. Like, you know, expand your capacity, play a bigger game. Yeah. That's who I want around me. So. And you get to enjoy life more when you're living it for yourself because, you know, you're not looking, well, one, you're not looking for external gratification, but two, you're more so taking care of your inner health, which is so important. Like what's the point of having all these success when you don't have the health to enjoy it? Because at the time when I was chasing after what I thought was luxury, I sacrificed my health, my mental health, my physical health, just to get to the point where, you know, it makes other people think that I'm successful, but I wasn't happy at all. So you live a life where, you know, after that, that's when I realized it was like, it's okay if I do it on my own terms and I'm in my own timing. I don't have to rush everything because what's the point, right? Because once yeah. a lot of us entrepreneurs do that, where they just sacrifice their health and their sleep and everything to, to obtain something. And then once they have it, they don't even have the health to enjoy it. Yeah. You got to set yourself some non-negotiables, right? Like mm-hmm. set them and then they're non-negotiables for a reason and don't negotiate with yourself. Don't create a story that talks you out of it. Like all that yeah. stuff, do it, do it with your non-negotiables in place. Right. I love that. And what, what did you notice with some of the people that you were like were super successful or wealthy that were happy? Like, I think I think you noticed that with Grant. Yeah, um, but like some they're... other people, like, what did you notice the difference? Yeah, they they're just in a whole different level of ball game. Like, you can't. It's like untouchable. You know, at that point where you don't care about what anybody say, you're really untouchable. You're on your own lane, your own route. It's like you're on your own autobahn because you're now very tunnel vision. When you care about what other people say, you're like, oh, I should do that. I should do that because it's trending. You know, I should pick that up because that's what everyone wants. When you're very tunnel vision, I just find that people are way happier. They surround themselves with better people. They are, they have a better mental health, physical health, like all around, they're so much happier and they don't care. You know, it's, it's okay if someone doesn't know, but because you're happy, it's like, that's, a, that's all that matters. Yep. Yep. I love it. All right. Before we get into what you do. What are two, two questions, combo question here. What is the biggest challenge you're dealing with that keeps you up at night? And what are you most excited about the future that keeps you up at night? Oh, okay. That's... And, that, and look, get vulnerable because it's okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's a safe space. Yeah. This obstacle. And it's funny because the answer is the same. It's scalability right now for me. My business, you know, I stopped my PhD uh, in the beginning of pandemic and I was doing mindset coaching and I was certified in coaching and uh, mindset coaching and all that. And then that's when I stopped. I was like, either one, I can pursue my PhD online, which I'm not getting the full benefit and I'm paying for, you know, half of the, the education I'd be getting where I can chase after something and give, you know, give myself a chance to see if this is something that I can do on my own. And as soon as I created a brand and knowing exactly what my vision is, where I want to take it, it's just, you know, it just expanded so quickly and so many people wanted to get involved. And now it's just like, okay, how can I make this scalable? 
it's something that keeps me up at night. And then also something that's really exciting because it's like, if I can make this scalable, you know, could change a lot of people's lives because my goal, again, like your the intro that you were giving earlier, it was it's filling the online space with more impactful content, with more educational content, with more people like you who are helping other people change their lives and not just like, oh, this is where I got my shoes and my car and this is where you can get it. You know, more less superficial content, but more impactful content. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I got a possible answer for you on how to scale that. Well, again, we could just talk about it here because it's open. We don't have to do it offline. But I was doing coaching group, personal. You know, I have another business that I run that, that does very well. But I was doing that stuff as well. And I ran into my partner that's in the tech, Jared Yellen. I don't know if you met him or not yet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, why are you doing that? Like, you can still achieve what you're doing, but on such a bigger scale and faster. Mm-hmm. And you need tech in your life. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he, and he explained to me what he's doing and what he did. He went the same journey where he was had an agency, a marketing agency, and it was you know high touch and mm-hmm. big price tags and all that. And then he switched his mind frame and paradigm to democratize the marketing for all businesses so they can all afford it and just scale it and mm-hmm. have the same impact, but more people. Like, yeah. you know, so I want to challenge you to think about like how tech could be involved possibly with what you do. Because yeah, I, I, I have an idea. I'm working on right now yeah. too, creating a passive course and having a lot more system and automation in place, but it just gives me anxiety because you know how my whole business is very high end, high touched, and very tailored. And I always have time, like hard time delegating things and letting things go. And I think that's one of my biggest obstacle is like my name is on the line. If I let other people do it, is this going to sacrifice our uh, reputation and our quality of work? But like you're saying, you know, tech has helped us so much in terms of automating a lot of the processes. And it allows us to also reach more people and help more people too. Yeah. And you got to think like, you're just talking about all these brands earlier, right? And mm-hmm. all those brands, the founder of those brands, imagine if they just stopped because mm-hmm. they were afraid that their name is matters, but they couldn't let, the, let go of the reins, right? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be who they are today. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we have to look at that as a model for us and mimic it and then master it. Because they yeah. did it. And then we're smart enough. Like the way I look at it too, when I see somebody like that, that's like huge billion dollar brand, I'm like, they did it. I know we can do it. Like it's just a matter of committing to it and going after it. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think you have so much value and um, I want to do anything I can to help and elevate and support you. Um, Thank you. And that's why I have this show. It's like my mission in life is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. I filter I everything that. through that mission. And this shows part of that. So when I bring a guest on, that's what's going through my mind. So definitely want to, you know, want to offer that to you in any way I possibly can let you know I'm here to support you. So thank you. Uh, what what exactly do you do in your business? Just share with the audience like on a day-to-day basis and what services you offer. Yeah. So I started out was uh, as a brand strategist. So it's something that I did before when I was in New York. And also with my background in business and clinical psychology, it just allows me to combine art, business, and psychology on one. And I help entrepreneurs to create a personal brand that's not just profitable, but also very impactful for other people and creating a lifestyle, a, a business around their lifestyle. Because a lot of people that I work with, they have a lot of successful businesses or they've done an exit recently. 
And now they're just kind of refining themselves, right? Because you're, you're in that business, whether it's beauty or car industry, whatever it is for so long. Now that you are out of that or you're in a founder's role and less of a CEO, it's really hard to, to define what it is that you want to do because you've gone through so much. And so many entrepreneurs discount themselves because they only talk about business and all these accomplishments, but they're not telling people the obstacles and the hardship that they've gone through to even start that business and the times where you almost went bankrupt in your business and how did you overcome that? You know, And that's why we're so attracted to people like Grant because he shares his vulnerability so much. And we need more people like that because we always see online where they show off as entrepreneurs, a laptop lifestyle. You don't even have to do work. You're just laying by the pool. But as an entrepreneur, you know, that's not realistic. Like maybe, you know, there's times that you can do that, but that's not your day-to-day life. If you still go through a lot of problems and a lot of problems are things that that aren't talked about. So that's how I started the business. And then a lot of people just want to contribute into it. And then we just grew into a team of not just branding, but also, you know, doing PR, helping them now that we have a brand for you, we have a substance and an idea of where you want to go. How can we accelerate it as fast as possible and actually expand it so that we can help as many people as we can? And so is this mainly one-on-one or do you do group or I, I think you have masterclasses, don't you? Yeah. So yeah. So that's kind of the system that I'm working towards. So now that I know this, this whole process works for like one-on-one high-level entrepreneurs. Now, a lot of people who are scaling cannot afford that service because it does uh, start at at five figures. But that's why I started the masterclass because I want people to one, learn about it, even if they can't afford it, or they just want to consume some content to get them brainstorming. And then two, it funnels into a a three-day intensive where I actually teach them. I don't do it for them, but I teach them how to do it on their own. And that's something that's going to turn into a passive course, like we're saying earlier, so that more people can afford it. And even beginners can have a, you know, a good brand to start. Yeah. So I, uh, I know courses have their place. And so this next question has to do with what I've put out, which is blueprinted. And blueprinted is basically the difference between watching the Food Network and watching a celebrity chef prepare this gourmet meal. And then you run into the kitchen and trying to do it, mm-hmm. right? Versus somebody giving you the list of ingredients and the actual Mm -hmm. granular steps to follow or tasks to follow. And you don't move to the next milestone until you complete those tasks. Mm -hmm. That's what blueprinted is. And so Mm -hmm. with that being the case, what are blueprint? Yeah. Like what, what is, what is the first one to maybe three steps someone should take when they're, when they're evaluating or auditing their brand? Yeah. So the first three step is just the way I do it. It's also very different. So a lot of it, I contribute into like your mental health or your, you know, treat yourself like a luxury brand with one of our kind of our go-to slogan. So because the reason why is because if you don't know how to, if you don't understand how to treat yourself like a good uh, high-end brand, no one's going to respect you. And a lot of people, we start to personal brand, we just kind of do like a spaghetti strategy where we throw things at the wall and see what sticks. So the first thing we look at is what are you current, where are you currently at? Where do you want to be? How do you see yourself like your ideal self? And what is the gap that's missing? And how can you um, elevate other people by telling your story in an impactful way too? Because a lot of people tell their story. It's either a very sob story or it just gets very long and boring and there's pointless, even though it's very meaningful for them. It's telling yeah. that story in an impactful way where it relates to other people and other people can benefit from it. And then the third thing is just looking at your audience, know them more than you know uh, that they know themselves. 
so that you know exactly how to connect with them on an emotional level. Because if you can elevate and bypass all the logical brain and, you know, basically uh, having them compare you to other people, it's through emotion. And Les Brown always says, you know, people buy into stories, not information. So how can you understand what their inner core desires are and what their fears are and what their obstacles and really understand your target audience really, really well? Love it. I love it. I, I, the assessment of where you are is so often skipped and you have no idea how far you have to go to where you want to go because you're not pay, paying attention to the assessment of where you are now. I love that. I don't want to look at it either, right? Because who wants to audit themselves and say, oh, this part of my life is really crappy. This is not, this is not doing well. And you know, it's like we have assessments and reviews at work. Why don't we have self-assessments? Because if you don't put yourself first, who's going to do it? And no one wants a discounted version of yourself either. When you put yourself out there, you don't even know what you want. How are you going to inspire other people to chase what they want? Yeah. Growth happens in the areas that you have hidden or fortified mm-hmm. when you open them up, right? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you just gave me an idea too. All blueprints, as I'm bringing my creators in here, which I'll talk mm-hmm. to you later about, but as I'm bringing creators into blueprinted, they should start all of them with where's your mind at? Where should it be before you start this blueprint? That's yeah. like, that's phenomenal. I, I, got, I did that with mine, the one I built, but I got to yeah. um, start yeah, like everyone that, that starts my program, they're just like, this is really hard. Like, I was not expecting this. I just thought <laughs> I was going to get a logo, maybe like what my brand message is going to be like. Like, I was never expecting to do evaluation on myself. And I'm like, no, you kind of have to slap yourself in the face and give yourself a little lecture before you get real. Because if you can't get real and vulnerable and raw with yourself, you're not going to have a successful brand because no one wants another brand that's just going to show off and talk about all the good stuff, but not the negativity that goes behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. All right. Final questions here. Final questions. What is your favorite clubhouse room to hang out in or go to? Oh my God. I actually don't even go to any rooms anymore. Because, ah, bull, bull um, crap. I've seen you in a couple <laughs> recently. Don't lie. Not even your rooms. I've seen I go you in, in a couple. to support my friends who are the hosts of the room, but other than my own room, I try to stay very focused because I notice Clubhouse kind of, I don't know if you noticed, I took like a two months off too, because I noticed Clubhouse went from like a very impactful space to, you know, like where you go in and learn and take notes and actually mm-hmm. give and value to place where it's just like, what's controversial right now? What is happening right now? It's like a news channel. It makes me feel like I'm on like a, like a news channel. So yeah. I kind of stay yeah. off of Clubhouse a lot. Okay. And then sec- second question and last question, besides C-Rock, who's your favorite person on Clubhouse? Who's my favorite person on like, like when you go into clubhouse, like I follow Grant because I want to learn and I just want to be around like mentored by him. Right. And he's my business partner. So I better, but like, that's the first name I see. And like, I look for, because I'm going to go in there. So when you go to clubhouse and go to the hallway, there's always a name. There's got to be somebody like I said, and besides Grant, besides (laughs) (laughs) C-Rock, I'm putting myself up there already. I would say um, Nelson because he's like he's my he was my friend before he started those rooms and I tell him I don't necessarily support your rooms um, but I support you as a person and I just really admire the unfilter right of how he presents himself and he doesn't care um, whether you're a celebrity or not everyone gets a chance and he's very inclusive. So when he has a room, I really appreciate the style of how he runs the room, not necessarily the topic itself, but how he just show up very unfiltered because, you know, how many people that we know started really structuring the room, started having, you know, whether segments or 
and, and it becomes like a whole corporate system. But his is like, this is what we're going to talk about. This is what's on my mind. And there's no structure or systems. And that's what I love about it. It's very raw. Yeah. It's like one mic, one mic, mute your mic, mute your mic, one mic, one mic, <laughs> yeah, mute your mic, mute your no, mic. Right. There's no like curation. Like, it's just like, yeah. here we go. This is what it, what, what it is. <laughs> we, we're going to start screaming. You're going to sit through it, whatever. <laughs> and then Jonathan comes in and this, this room's unbalanced. It's unbalanced. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. Love, there's I love no that. like backtrack of like, oh, don't do that, or like, yeah, you know, that's yeah. not, that's not, we're not, we're not going to start doing the X, Y, Z. He's like, no, we're just going to be ourselves. If you don't like it, you don't have to stay. Respectfully, respectfully. respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, look, Jay, listen, I appreciate you coming here, man, and uh, sharing and getting vulnerable. And if you guys have any interest at all in making sure that your brand's on point, get up with Jay, Lisa Lee. What is the best way to, for them to reach out to you, engage with you? Yeah, I'm very active on Instagram replying to my DMs. That's the best way. If you want to look me up or if you want to apply to work with me, it's jlissa.com. All right, make it happen, guys. Thank you so much for coming. You've been listening to the What Are You Made Up podcast with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. And as you heard the story from Jaylissa, she also fits the bill as being unstoppable. Keep coming back. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel and everywhere you hear the What Are You Made Of favorite podcast platform. Use it. And look out for Blueprinted, B-L-O-O, printed.com forward slash VIP. Go check it out. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.